Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Last week, we started a series where we're looking at different prayers by different characters in the Bible. And the reason we're doing this is because not only are we praying in this campaign, but the other reason is that most Christians don't know how to pray. Most Christians don't pray. And my desire is that you would learn to pray, that you would learn the different types of prayers that they are because the most common prayer and the most, uh, the prayer that, that most people do is the prayer of petition. Lord, here's kind of what I need. Lord, would you heal this? Lord, would you change that? Lord, would you give me a mule like the one the lady had and so on and so on. It's, there are prayers of petitions, but there's different prayers that we find in the Bible that address different areas that are beneficial for our lives. And my desire is that in this campaign and in this series, uh, that, that you would learn to pray better and that you would take delight in praying. My uncle said to me yesterday, we were talking, I was explaining to him about what we're doing in the campaign. And he said something to me that, that really got to me. He said, you know, there's nothing as beautiful as praying. And I said, man, if we only had that mentality, So there's nothing more beautiful than entering into the presence of the king of kings, into the one that redeemed us, into the one that saved us, and spending time with him. Last week, we looked at the prayer of Jesus. Not the Lord's prayer, but the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it is a prayer of surrender, where Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. Today, I want us to look at a very well-known prayer. A prayer that I'm sure you have prayed in your own way. A prayer that I'm sure you have prayed many times. And it may not sound the same, but it definitely has the same desire. And that is the prayer of Jabez. And the prayer of Jabez is a prayer for success. How many of you guys like to fail? How many of you guys enjoy failure? You say, you know, I want my marriage to fail and I want my job to fail and I want to fail as a parent and I want to fail as a student and I want to fail as a husband. How many of you guys like failure? We don't. How many of you guys want success? You say, I want to be successful. I don't just want to be mediocre. I don't just want to get by. I want to be successful. Now, let me tell you, because I see some faces, success is not a sin. Some people say, no, you know, we successful, there's only one, Jesus. Success is not a sin. You ready for this? And I hope you don't think I'm a heretic. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to succeed. God wants things to prosper in your life. God wants things to be fruitful in your life. But here's the thing, and I want to share this quote with you. They'll put it up here on the screen. While God wants you to succeed, God wants you to succeed the right way. What is the right way? With him, his way. So God wants you to succeed the right way and at the right things. 
God wants you to succeed the right way and at the right things. God told Joshua in Joshua 1.8, he said, study this book continually. Meditate on this book. Obey this book. Obey everything that is in it. And he says, and only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. God wants us to succeed. Our relationship, now, now, here's what you need to understand, okay? The world's definition of success or culture's uh, definition of success is not the same as God's definition of success. God's definition of success always starts with a relationship with God. Let me tell you, if you don't start with God first and a relationship with them first, you are starting off on the wrong foot. Now, let me tell you something even more interesting, and you might wonder on this one, but I'll explain it. Did you know you can succeed without God? Uh Uh-oh. Really, Pastor? Well, you just said that we can't succeed without God, and now you're telling us that we can succeed without God? And if you say, no, no, you can't succeed, well, there's a lot of people that don't have God in their life that are pretty successful. Now, here's the difference. When you succeed without God, it doesn't last. It doesn't last. And you'll succeed in the wrong areas. You'll succeed in your business, but you'll lose your family. You'll succeed in your finances, but you'll lose your reputation. You'll succeed in your education, but you'll lose your health. And success is not a sin. God wants you to succeed. He created you for a purpose, a course that God wants you to thrive in. He wants you to excel in. And not only that, but but think about this. Think about this. Those of us that are parents, those of us that are parents, do we want our kids to succeed? How many of you say, no, I just want my kid to be humble. I don't want him to have a lot so that he doesn't. No, you're like, no, I want my kid to be the best at all he does. I want him to go to high places. Now, check this out. If we, as evil parents or wicked parents, because we can be wicked, right? Want good things for our kids, Jesus said, how much more will not our heavenly father? So God wants you to succeed. Now, I want you to understand that because unless you believe that, what I'm going to teach you today, it's, gonna, it's not going to matter. If you don't believe that God wants you to succeed, that that God created you to succeed, well, then everything that we're going to talk about is going to be a waste of time for you. I don't know about you. I'm going to be honest with you. I pray for success. I said, God, give me success in what I do. And I pray for certain areas that I want success in. And I believe that God can give it to me. So I want us to look at the prayer of success that Jabez made right there in your bulletin. There's an outline. If you would pull that out, let's read First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Look at what it says. It's a short reading, but a powerful reading. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Now, you may say, if you're a lady, well, what pregnancy doesn't come with pain? Okay, this is not talking about birth pain. 
This is talking about pain that is not associated with natural birth. Okay? Jabez, verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be, check this out, free from pain. That's wonderful, right? What, a, what an awesome prayer. But here's the part that's important. The next short sentence. And God granted his request. Wouldn't it be awesome if that could be said of us? Man, God grants your request. Whatever you pray for, God does. And you know, if you read the chapter four of Chronicles, you're going to read a bunch of lists of genealogies of names you can't pronounce and that you would never even give to a dog, but they're there. And in the midst of these genealogies, Jabez is introduced without much description or ancestry. There isn't a lot that we know about Jabez. Although the uh, uh, scholars and theologians believe that, that Jabez was well known by those that the book of Chronicles was written for. That somehow they knew him either by tradition or by writings. But you and I, there isn't much that we can know about him. But there is something that we can't know. And it is the one thing that matters. And that is that Jabez prayed. Jabez made a specific prayer. And not only that, but the best part of Jabez is that God granted him his request. God answered. Jabez prayed for success. And God said, okay, I'll do it. It's yours. What was it? What was it about Jabez and the way he prayed that led God to saying, yes, I'll answer your request? What was it? Because that's a good question we got to ask. What is it or what was it about Jabez that he prayed and God answered? And why is it that I pray and sometimes God says no? Well, I want us to look at that. Now, I believe that Jabez, first of all, here's what you got to know. I believe that this is a prayer that Jabez prayed every day. This was part of his life. This was not one of those prayers that, oh, you know, I'd like to have a big house one day. Or a prayer that he only prayed when he didn't have enough money or when he was in tight situations. Because that's usually when we tend to pray. I believe Jabez prayed this every day. It became part of who he was. It became who he was. Now, when we think of success... We normally think of financial success, right? When you heard me speak about success, you automatically, most of you thought about financial success. So I want to focus today on financial success. Is that all right? Well, even if you say it's not, it is. Okay. Here, now, let me make this very clear. I am not a prosperity preacher. You know me. If I was a prosperity preacher, I, I, I would have had a, a private jet by now. I don't have one. My jet is a Ford Fusion from 2012 that I'm praying lasts me another eight years. Okay? So I am not a prosperity preacher. But I've decided to focus on financial blessings for a few reasons. One, because finances are a big part of our life. A lot of us need God 
to move in our finances. Second, not only are finances a big part of our life, most of us are not successful in our finances. The majority live paycheck to paycheck. The majority, although you have a good heart and a heart that wants to give, you can't because if you give, then you can't pay your bills. Third, even if you are successful in your finances, here's one thing I know. You want a little bit more. You want to go a little bit higher. And fourth, the fourth reason I want to focus on finances is because there's a lot of wrong beliefs, a lot of wrong behaviors about, about money amongst Christians. A lot. I, I, I find that, that non-believers and believers have a lot of similar erroneous beliefs about money. And I hope to be able to clarify some of those. Now, I, some of you may be saying, well, pastor, what if my area where I need God to give me success is not in finances? Good question. Great question. Or well, let me tell you this. The three points that I'm going to give you apply to any area. You just have to contextualize them. I'm going to focus on financial success, but you can, you can apply those to your career. You can apply those to your relationships. You can apply those to your marriage. You can apply that to your health. You can apply that to your ministry. Whatever area, you can apply these principles. Can we look at them? You ready for this? Now, I made them really easy. I'll have to explain them to you, but I made them really easy because I was trying to be fancy and I also didn't want you to forget them, Okay. The three elements of success that I see in the prayer of Jabez. Number one, do the right thing. Do you want to be successful? Do the right thing. Verse 9 tells us that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Okay, I know you're filling it out, so I'm going to stop because I need you to see me on this one. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. To be a person of honor is to be ethical, to be righteous and full of integrity. To be a person of honor is to do the right thing. Not the easy thing or the convenient thing, but the right thing. Here's why. Very simple. God won't bless you when you do the wrong thing. God, heal my marriage and you're having an affair. He won't do it. God, give me success and you don't spend time with him. He won't do it. God will not bless fraud, laziness, and lies. And most of us don't do the right thing. And we wonder why we don't have success. You want to have success in your finances? Do the right thing. Let me, let me show you a few things God tells us to do and not do regarding money. And for some of you, you already know this, so I just want to remind you, if you don't know it, well, now you know and you can start doing it, okay? One of the things that God makes, it very, makes very clear in his word is that we are to work for our money. You want to be successful financially? Work for your money, okay? Look at what 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says. When we were with you, and this is Paul speaking, we told you that if a man does not work, he what? 
Don't work. You don't need it. You want to be financially successful? Work hard for your money. Proverbs 10.4 says the following. Lazy hands will what? Will make you poor. Hardworking hands will make you rich. Sometimes we're like, God, would you bless me financially? And, and, and we, don't, we don't have a good work ethic. And God says, I can't bless laziness. I can't bless a bad example. I will bless when you work hard, when you take pride in your work. The second thing the Bible teaches us, another thing the Bible teaches us, is that we are not to cheat in our finances. You want to be financially successful? Don't cheat in your finances. In Mexico, they have an ugly saying, and it's so true. It's in the culture of Mexico. I'm going to say it in Spanish, then I'll try to translate it in English. In Mexico, they believe, el que no hace tranza, no avanza. If you don't cheat, you don't prosper. Now, that may be true in the world, but that is not true of God. And that shouldn't be true of God's people. We shouldn't cheat. But I don't cheat. Do you ever claim more than you should in your taxes? Do you ever, do you ever lie about how many hours you worked and what you really did at work? Did you ever extend your 30, 45, or an hour lunch, depending on what you have, longer than it should have had? Oh, come on, pastor, you can't be that strict. Proverbs 22, 20, 23. The Lord hates for people to use wrong weights and cheat others. It is wrong to use the scales that are not what? Accurate. But we don't use scales, pastor. I know we don't, but we use time cards. Proverbs 21, 6. Wealth comes, wealth that comes from telling lies disappears quickly and leads to what? Pastor, why isn't my money lasting? Are you earning it honestly? Are you earning it honorably? So don't cheat in your finance. Another thing that the Bible teaches us about finances is to not get in debt, not borrow money. Don't get in debt. Don't borrow money. Psalms 37, 21a says, the wicked borrow and do not pay. If you refuse to pay what you bought with money you didn't have, that doesn't please God. Proverbs 22.7 says, the borrower is a slave to the lender. You know why you shouldn't borrow money? Because it changes relationships. When you borrow something, it suddenly puts you under a person. And you can't be yourself and you can't be that because in the back of your head, you're like, I owe them money. And the other person, as humble as they may be, they have leverage on you now. Because they owe you. The only person we ought to be slaves of is Jesus. D, next one. I know this is going to shock some of you. Don't co-sign for anyone. Be smart. Not even your kids. Oh, pastor, come on. Not even your kids. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm glad the word of God speaks on this, but there's matters that common sense ought to be enough. And this is one of those matters where common sense ought to be enough. If a financial institution 
is saying, we are not willing to lend him money. Why would you? If, if a financial institution says, we can't trust them, we can't count on them, we are almost sure that they are not able or going to be willing to make the payments, why would you? Look at what Proverbs 6, 1-5 says. My son, don't make yourself responsible for the debts of others. Don't make such deals with friends or strangers. If you do... Your words will what? Some of you, you're working to pay somebody else's debt. You will be under the power of other people, so you must go and what? Free yourself. Beg them to free you from that debt. Don't wait to rest or sleep. In, in other words, speak about an urgency. He says, escape from that trap like a deer running from a hunter. Free yourself like a bird flying from a trap. Don't co-sign. Stop co-signing. Stop buying stuff on credit card for other people. And then last, be generous. Be generous. And I, I wish I could talk more about these. I don't have a whole lot of time. But look at what Luke 6.38 says. It says, give and you will what? Receive. The amount you give will determine the amount what? You get back. You know why some of us may not be financial or successful? Because we're stingy. And God says, why am I going to give him more only to hoard more? You know, God is not in the business of hoarding. God is in the business of, I want to bless you so that you can bless others. In fact, whatever God can give you and you can use it to bless others will open the door for God to give you more. If God is giving you and you are not a blessing, but you're saying, I do bless others. I bless myself. God is not in that business. <laughs> I bless my kids, Pastor. I, I spoil them. I buy them everything. Okay. God's idea of blessing others is larger than your kids, than yourself. So you want to be financially successful? Do the right thing. Number two, have the right foundation. Not just do the right thing, but have the right foundation. And I have to explain this one. I'm going to do it quick. Verse 10, the, the, the first part of verse 10 says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would what? Bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Whatever your hope, whatever your fuel is, whatever your motivation is to be successful if it is not God and it doesn't start with God, as I said already, you're starting off the wrong foot. What is your foundation for believing you can be successful? Is it your talents? Is it your education? Is it your charisma? Is it your connections? Whatever it is, if it is not God, it is the wrong one and it won't last. Three powerful things about Jabez. Number one, you can fill this out. This verse tells us that first, Jabez believed in God. Jabez believed in God. If you don't believe in God, you will never be as successful as you can be. Scripture tells us that Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Jabez declared God as the one true God. And he said, because you are God, you can bless me. I wonder, do you believe in God or do you believe more in yourself? 
Or do you believe more in your abilities? Jabez believed in God. But the second thing is that Jabez not only believed in God, Jabez believed in the power of God. He believed that not only Jehovah was God, but he believed that God was able to do what Jabez asked for. And he believed in that power. He said, oh, that you would bless me. That you would enlarge my territory. When you pray, do you believe that God is able or is it a religious routine? Do you believe that not only God can, but that God will? Because Jabez not only believed in the true God, he believed in God's power. And the third thing is that Jabez prayed a bold prayer. Jabez made a very bold prayer. He says, Lord, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Now, while it is very likely that Jabez got more physical land, I truly believe that what Jabez was praying for was for more impact, for more influence. He says, Lord, that you would give me a greater impact. So that what? So that I could be important? No, so that I could impact your kingdom. What bold prayers are you making? If God gives you what you're praying for, how does that benefit his kingdom? You gotta have the right foundation. Hebrews 4, 6 says this, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Can I tell you something? A pastor told me this, and it's so true. He said, if your prayers don't scare you, they're they're too small. If your prayers don't scare you, they're too small. It's time we start praying for, start making bold prayers. One of my favorite missionaries, William Carey, used to say, expect great things from God but attempt great things for God. Last but not least, you got to do the right thing, have the right foundation. And the last thing is you got to be the right person. Let me explain that. You got to be the right person. When I talk about the right person, I'm not talking about, about perfection. I'm talking about your mindset. I'm talking about the way you see yourself. I'm thinking about, I'm talking about the way you think. I'm thinking about, I'm talking about the thoughts that you have. Look at what first Chronicles verse nine and 10 says. It says his mother named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. But then in part of Jabez prayer, he prays this. He says, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Jabez's mother named him Jabez because that's a Hebrew word that sounds a lot like sorrow, like pain, like trouble. Now picture this with me. Picture Jabez growing up and every time he heard his name, he heard pain. He heard sorrow. It's almost as if somebody would have named their kid regret or mistake. Hey, regret, come over here. Hey, regret, get ready. Hey, mistake, come on, turn off the TV and go to bed. I can assume, because I know it's true, that what we hear impacts how we think and our identity. 
And yes, while I believe that Jabez prayed that God would protect him, I believe that what's going on here is that Jabez is praying, God, that you would free me from my reputation. God, that you would transform me, that you would change my identity. I've been called and I've been identified as pain, but you can make me free of that pain. And let me tell you something. Most of us, a big part of the reason we don't have the success we have is because we don't have the right thoughts about ourselves, about God, and about our surroundings. A very wise man said to me, this is so awesome. He says, everyone is where they are based on who they are. Let me, let me look straight what I'm trying to tell you. It is very well documented that people that win the lottery are usually poor. And after so many years, they end up back where they were before they won the lottery or worse. Do you know why? You know why? Here's why. Because their capacity or their way of viewing and relating to money and thinking about money was at a level that was poor. So when they got all that other money, they didn't elevate themselves. They brought their finances down to their level. Who you are, how you see yourself, what you think of yourselves matters. If you keep saying, no, I can't be successful. I'm, I'm not educated. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm a woman. I'm Hispanic. Listen, if you see yourself that way, you will get that. The Bible says that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And what you declare, what you speak, what others speak about you impacts how you see your world and how you see yourself. And Jabez was praying here that God would transform him, that God would, would change, that his life would, would contradict his name. That when people would hear of Jabez, that although it sounded like pain, that when they saw Jabez, it was not pain what they saw, but it was success. And we need to be transformed. Our minds need to be changed. The prayer of Jabez overcame the name of Jabez. Prayer changes us. Did you know that? Sometimes we pray and we want God to change things. But what prayer, successful prayer, what it really does is it changes us. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love, in Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. 
Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.